This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Recent cases of insider fraud, including the multi-million dollar embezzlement case at Citi and the insider at B of A who sold customer information to a crime ring that used the stolen identities to open new accounts, prove financial institutions are not picking up on inside jobs. It's not a new problem, but one that's likely to gain more attention, especially as financial institutions continually search for ways to reduce losses. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Shirley Insko. Director of Financial Services Solutions at Momento and co-author of Insidious, How Trusted Employees Steal Millions and Why It's So Hard for Banks to Stop Them. Shirley, as a former banker yourself, you've seen firsthand how damaging internal fraud can be. In fact, seeing those threats spurred you to write a book about the problem. Why is fighting internal fraud so challenging for financial institutions? Tracy, the very nature of employee fraud makes it very difficult for banks to detect. Employees use the same skills, knowledge, and system access they need in order to perform their jobs to commit fraudulent acts. Transaction volumes in banks are typically high, and so the employees are able to hide the unauthorized activity in the normal workflow. We work in environments where we are trusted and respected by our peers, and people are hesitant to think the worst of others. Bankers are the same. Last, when bankers hear of these cases where employees stole millions, the common reaction is, that could never happen in my bank. Our employees would never do such a thing. Therefore, banks don't prioritize putting in systems to detect uh, such activity. They just don't believe it could happen in their bank. And how can the industry do a better job, Shirley, of convincing banks that they should not be reluctant to report fraud, especially insider fraud? I know a lot of institutions say that they want to kind of keep that under wraps. They think that that would mar their image in some way. Absolutely. Banks never want the public to know they experience fraudulent incidents, whether they involve an employee or not, because they don't want the public to lose confidence in their institution. There's a long history of banks being very protective of lost data and fraud incidents, which is really understandable. Unfortunately, these large losses caused by employees keep hitting the headlines and seem to be more and more commonplace in recent years. The first step is for banks to admit there's a problem before they can address it, and many bankers are still in denial. And what do you see as being the top three to five issues banks and credit unions overlook or choose not to focus on when it comes to insider threats? Many banks don't consider the theft of confidential customer data to be as serious as it is because they cannot point to specific dollars lost at the time of the incident. Some bankers claim there's no value in detecting such activity, but the customers who later become identity theft victims would surely disagree. And if the resultant external fraud losses were booked as internal, the total employee fraud losses would be much higher. So I'd say accessing customer data with no business purpose would definitely be in my top three list. Also, I would say there needs to be much more focus on general ledger activity. With today's downsized workforce, it's often the case that people who are approving general ledger entries are just trusting the person who initiated them with, with very little time to really examine the legitimacy of any particular transaction. In banks using automated general ledger systems to initiate entries, Human approvals aren't even required under certain dollar thresholds, and employees usually know what the threshold is. 
The third item on my list is really enforcing employee time off and ensuring that the employee is totally disengaged during that time away. Many banks don't delete employee system access when they're on vacation, and with the ability to access bank systems remotely, employees don't even have to drop by the bank anymore to continue their fraud schemes while they're on vacation. That's an interesting point that you note there, Shirley. So you're saying that if institutions... I guess, are very strict about enforcing that their employees take vacation, this would actually give them time to perhaps check and balance the activity of an employee. Absolutely. Employees generally who are running long-term schemes have to keep those schemes going. Uh, And if they're away for an entire week or even two weeks, certainly then those schemes are going to usually come to light. Now, Shirley, if you had to rate insider threats and internal fraud with other fraud challenges financial institutions face, Where would you place internal fraud? That's really a complicated question, Trace. The annual losses suffered by banks due to employee fraud aren't nearly as high as the losses experienced from debit card, credit card, or check fraud losses, partly because many financial institutions fail to classify internal losses correctly. But the reputational damage from an incident like this uh, when it hits the press is just enormous. According to the FBI, employee fraud is one of the fastest-growing types of fraud in the country, so that moves it up the list in terms of the need to address it. Last, I'd point out that the kinds of uh, payments fraud that I mentioned are all revenue generators for the bank. In other words, you make profits on debit cards, so there's profit to offset those losses. Unfortunately, when losses are created by corrupt employees, the loss hits the bottom line directly. Many executives really aren't going to take action until losses are much higher. But, but having said that, I'm reminded of a March 9th article in the Star Tribune. The article talked about federal prosecutors charging a dozen people in Minnesota, California, and New York in connection with a highly organized fraud ring that relied primarily on bank employees, runners, and many others to steal over $10 million from several of the country's largest banks. As more cases cases such as that are detected and prosecuted, I hope it will help bankers recognize the internal and external fraud connection, as well as the growing need to monitor the the, uh, employee behavior. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, in your book, Shirley, you note several hurdles institutions face when it comes to internal fraud. We've talked about several of those already. One of the most striking is the inability of fraud and security teams to convince upper management that investments in detection solutions that pick up on internal fraud are necessary. You've touched on this a little bit, but why is this so challenging? It's very challenging because like all businesses, banks must invest where there's the greatest need. And as I mentioned previously, many falsely believe employee fraud just won't happen in their institution. One gap that investigators may understand better than executive management is that there is often that link between a bad employee and external crime, but the losses are all booked as external. As an example, without a system to help find the bad apple in the employee ranks, the bank doesn't realize or can't prove that an employee fed all the confidential data needed to the external crime ring that took over dozens of accounts. The links between external crime and employee facilitators are very difficult to detect without automation. Finally, because employees know the systems and processes so well, they are hard to stop. It's critical to have deep subject matter expertise, the ability to model different employee behavior, and forensic research tools that allow investigators to really research and view all of the activity of a suspect employee. 
Now, what recent events might CISOs at financial institutions use as leverage when it comes to convincing management or boards of directors that investments in stronger systematic monitoring would pay off in the long run? Tracy, as long as executives are naive enough to believe that these incidents could never happen in their bank, I'm not confident things will change. Many bankers know that such monitoring is needed, but they just can't cost-justify addressing it with so many other needs taking priority. The truth of the matter is that when a top-five bank takes a multi-million dollar loss, it's just a rounding error. The customers and stockholders are the ones most negatively impacted. But the good news is that there are leading institutions that have taken a stand against employee fraud, and they're seeing the benefit of improved protection for their institution and their customers. Now, looking at some of the recent incidents that we've seen, such as the city embezzlement scheme that exploited wire transfers, what lessons should banks be learning or heeding? One thing I saw over and over throughout my banking career is that the higher the level of the employee committing the fraud, the larger the losses were that resulted. There are many reasons for that, and yet even banks that are monitoring employees tend to focus most of their efforts on lower-level employees, such as tellers or call center representatives. As seen in this case, a person such as this finance executive was able to steal millions of dollars over several years without being detected. Monitoring ACH and wire payments is becoming much more critical in recent years to protect against both internal and external threats. Now, how could transaction anomaly systems or behavioral monitoring of employees benefit institutions when it comes to finding this type of fraud before it gets out of hand? Well, as I mentioned earlier, much of the external crime has an internal link, such as an employee feeding account numbers and balances to a check counterfeiting ring or, or ordering unauthorized debit cards for a fraud ring to use. Monitoring employee actions can help reduce internal losses, protect the bank's reputation, and help reduce external fraud losses in many instances. In the case of transaction monitoring, any anomalous activity, whether originated by a fraudster that has taken over an account or by a rogue employee at the financial institution should be alerted. Proper follow-up with the account holder can ensure that the money doesn't leave the bank, and that is, after all, the goal in payments fraud is to prevent the money from leaving the bank. Surely I'm going to go back to ask you to give us a top three again. This time, though, I'm going to ask you to provide the top three mistakes banks and credit unions often make when it comes to detecting or predicting internal fraud. Tracy, in my opinion, the top three mistakes would include misclassification of some external fraud due to failing to detect the internal connection, underestimating the mistrust of the industry these large internal cases are causing among the general public, and allowing crooked employees to continue their schemes for years, thereby stealing millions of dollars. And in closing, Shirley, what advice could you offer to security and fraud departments that are interested in gaining more insight into steps that they could take to curtail internal fraud and the losses that accompany it? Tracy, the reality is that banks have had to cut back on some internal controls due to the economy. I would highly recommend in that kind of environment that they consider monitoring employee behavior and actions in order to protect the institution against the actions of bad employees protect against reputational risk, and perhaps, as I said, reduce external losses as well. Just like one bad apple can ruin the entire barrel, one undetected bad employee can also influence others. We've literally seen several instances where the staff of an entire branch had to be released when misbehavior was detected. 
My recommendation is to catch fraud early and shut it down. I want to thank you again for your time today. Oh, you're welcome, Tracy. I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Again, we've just heard from Shirley Insko, an insider fraud expert who now works with Memento. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.